How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sandscast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensie. Tim, how's it going, sir? It's going pretty good, and it's been a beautiful day, so... I can't say the same here, man. It's been cloudy and kind of rainy. Kind of sucks, actually, considering it's, what, June 24th? Yeah, June 24th. I know, but it's supposed to be sunny. Yeah. Well, we had a thunderstorm yesterday, so it is what it is. Tim, are you sure that just wasn't the big blockbuster trade in Calgary? Well, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. So, Tim, with the 2018 initial entry draft finishing this past weekend, it's time to look at the Ottawa Senators draft class. Now, we've got eight players to talk about, and we're going to start off at number one, Drafted fourth overall in the first round, Brady Tuchuk, six foot three, one hundred ninety-two pounds, left winger with a left shot. He currently plays for Boston University. Some upsides: uh, he has a skill power forward with elite vision and hockey sense, and decent speed. The only criticism of Brady Tuchuk is that he is committed to Boston University for next year, and in my personal opinion, is more of a top six guy than a top three guy. Now, let me just say. We were not happy with the pick. Since Twitter was not happy with the pick, everybody was not happy with the pick. And I even have a clip to prove, or more in this case, it's more of a audio visualization of what Sense Twitter was doing after the pick. And this is it right here. Three more minutes before drought, baby. Come on! The Ottawa Senators are extremely pleased to select from the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. So let's talk about this pick, Tim. Now, I feel personally, and I know that Zadina was the best player on the board at the time, but think of it this way, right? With Mike Hoffman no longer in the Ottawa Senators organization, Ottawa on the left side is severely weak without Hoffman, and the best player that we have on the main roster without him is Ryan Dezingle. Yeah, but on the other hand, drafting for need is kind of dumb. Yeah, Take and I understand player. that. But, like, I don't know, I think I can live with Brady Kachuk, because the guy seems a lot smarter than everyone gave him credit for. Mm-hmm. And having hockey IQ maybe as he fills out plays a bit meaner and plays and learns the game more right maybe there's more upside than what we're seeing yeah i but think so i'd i think at this juncture i'd rather have zadina but it's it's not the worst pick in the world no it's not but then again you know like i said i would like to have zadina too but i'm looking at this roster going okay we still have mark stone we still have Okay, well, Bobby Ryan's not exactly a great example, but he's there. So, like with Mark Stone being there, he's definitely the number one right winger. On the left side, we don't really have that, and I understand the argument of drafting the best player on the board versus 
what our needs are. But you know what? I feel if Brady Tuchuk develops and he really does well, I will be super happy with the pick. But I I do get that a lot of people were very, very upset about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Montreal did something absolutely fucking retarded. Like, let's just be completely open there. Oh, I know. Even that one lady on Twitter was just like, what? But we knew they weren't going to take... Like, it was weird because it was this slow, slow building realization that Montreal was going to do something dumb. Yeah. And nobody could believe they were going to do something that dumb. And then they did it. Like, if Montreal had picked Sedina, then, yeah, I think the Kachuk pick would have been correct. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Ottawa could have traded down. But that trade... I'm surprised the value they got when we get to the next pick. But, uh, yeah, I can live with Brady Kachuk. I just think one thing I'm surprised, though, is that Zadina fell further. Yeah, I'm really surprised about that. Now, was there anything that came out about Zadina that caused him to drop? Or was it just teams were not willing to take the risk on him? Uh, the only negative thing I saw about Zadina is some, like uh, someone claiming to be like a house billet and said that Zadina was a prick, but that's about it. But then again, but Mike Connery was a prick and he got drafted into the NHL. Yeah. But like at the same time, like I don't know how many house parents come out and say this kid is a prick publicly and expect to get more kids. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much st- stock I actually put into that. Yeah. Because what is their end game? If they do that, right? If they only do that, then you've burned that bridge with whatever junior team is in your town. Yeah, pretty much. So, like, I think that's just... All I'm saying is, I think it's just hearsay at this point. For sure. Let's head on to our next pick. Now, you were talking about trading down. I'm actually okay with the fact the Senators traded down because they made a deal with the New York Rangers. The Rangers acquired the 22nd pick, and the Ottawa Senators acquired the 26th and the 48th pick in the second round. So that's very good. Sense Twitter, very happy about that. With a 26th pick in the first round, the Ottawa Senators took Jacob Bernard Docker, a 6-foot, 187-pound defenseman with a right shot, plays for the Okotoks Oilers. Some positives. From what I understand, he's a great skater, really skilled puck movement. The only downside that I can see is that, and we're going to say this a lot with a lot of the players we're going to talk about tonight, he is committed to the University of North Dakota, and why I'm happy with this pick is because we saw this this past season with Chris Weidman being out is that depth on the right side on defense was so incredibly weak, and I'm really glad that they made that pick, and I'm also happy that Chris Weidman signed a one-year, $1 million contract today. Or, or it was uh, broke that, today, I should say. Yeah, and it was broke by a freaking restaurant. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I kind of chuckled. Like, sure, it's the well, like to diner and the Sens like to eat there, but it's just funny. It's like, you have all of this hockey media and a fucking diner <laughs> breaks the story. One thing to note about the Senators trading down before we talk what little else there is to say about Bernard Docker is uh, the Sens got ridiculously good value here. Oh, absolutely. They traded down four slots and uh, they managed to... What was that? Uh, we have our door open. That was just some asshole. Hey, you can't talk about your wife that way. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, the Sens got incredible value for that pick. They uh, traded down just four slots, and they got a second, while Kyle Dubas does something similar, and he gets a third. Yeah. Yeah, like, Toronto got a lot less value, and I don't understand why, but at the same time, kudos to Dorian for getting so much value for 
such a little difference. Yeah, I got to give him credit for that. And I know that we didn't give him a ton of credit for this past season with some of the acquisitions that he made. So I'm really happy on this one. Uh, before we go to our next pick, did you ever eat at the Wellington Diner when you were in Ottawa, Tim? No, the problem is, is any it's just a pain in the ass to get to the west side of town. Right. So I didn't get a chance. There's a few restaurants on the west side that I meant to try, like the Hinto Burger is apparently one of the best in the city as well. Right. Um. Yeah, Wellington Diner and a few others. Yeah, I guess one other thing to note is that uh, one comment I've heard about Bernard Docker that actually has me quite excited for him is uh, he's been described as a defenseman ready for the new NHL. Right. And like being a smooth skating, responsible in both, like effective in both ends defenseman. Mm Mm-hmm. And very intelligent, and the fact that we're able to pull this, go off board and find something like that is, that's just great. Yeah, especially when, you know, we don't really have the deepest picks, so I'm really glad that we were able to acquire this one to get him. Yeah, and uh, the fact that he's headed off to UND, it's, uh, that's the program that Christian Willanning came out of, and uh, I'm liking the results of that, and uh, if it plays out well for Bernard Docker and our next pick, then... I, I'm very happy, and it'll look like UND has a great hockey program. Yeah, I think they've always had one of the more underappreciated hockey programs, from what I understand. Because mm-hmm. a lot of well, people UN- talk about, like, Boston College or Harvard or some of these East Coast schools. So when you talk about a school, I guess North Dakota's sort of in the middle, isn't it? Uh, North Dakota's, it's fairly west. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess the other schools you hear about is you sometimes hear about Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota. Well, yeah, I mean, Minnesota. I mean, Christ, that's the state of hockey right there. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't hear out of the New York schools. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But, yeah, like this pick is, it's definitely off the wall, but the fact that they managed to get a trade down, get a second and get their guy. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Absolutely. Let's talk about our next pick, the 48th overall draft pick from the second round. That's the pick we acquired from the New York Rangers. Defenseman Johnny Trionic. He's a six-foot defenseman, 174 pounds, left shot. He plays for the Bicticton Bees of the British Columbia Junior Hockey League. Some positives that I got, he's very agile, a greatly good skater, and from what I understand, he's a really good setup guy from the point. Once again, uh, another committee to the University of North Dakota. He does, did play in the BCHL, which is not exactly the Western Hockey League, but it's still a Tier 2 league. So you, he's playing up against guys who are weaker opponents. And I see him being more of a solid mid-pairing defenseman. Now, I do understand this. Now, understandably, the left side not as weak for the Senators, but it's still pretty limited depth-wise. Mm-hmm. But just filling up the D is good, and uh, from what I've seen from uh, Traconic, it's uh, a lot of... He's very mobile on the blue line. Like, mm-hmm. if you watch watch what he can do, and uh, apparent, like this guy was uh, expected to go early in the second round. Like, uh, some people had him as high as 33. Right. So he fell a bit because the knock against him is his size. But that's going to fill out. That's true. I mean, look at Eric Carlson, right? The guy was, what, 152 pounds when he was drafted? Yeah. So, like, I think this is... I'm very happy with this pick because not only did they get... This pick was basically found money. Mm-hmm. They managed, they managed to get someone who fell down the rankings for a dumb reason at the same time. So I think this is a great pick. 
yeah, I'm really happy. And if he develops and becomes something, then, you know, hopefully we can see him on the big club. Yeah. If not, he could be, at best, a top-end defenseman in Belleville. Yeah, not a problem. Not at all. Let's head on to our next pick with the 95th pick in the fourth round. This one, I'm not going to lie, I love the fact that they Drake picked this kid, and not because he's a good player, but because of his name. Jonathan Gruden, he's a six foot, 172-pound center-slash-left winger who played for the U.S. national team. He's a left shot. Some positives, uh, skilled who can be a sleeper pick with a really good work ethic, and his dad is a, I said a, John Gruden. The knock on him, his dad is not the John Gruden. Is this a wrestling joke? Football. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's a... Uh... What's interesting is, in a sim like similar comparing similar age to similar age, uh, Grundin's production is actually quite similar to Colin White's at the same time. So, if he can pan out to even be like eighty percent of that, mm-hmm. this is a great, this is an awesome fourth round pick. Yeah, I see him going or going more towards being a left winger with the team because Ottawa's pretty depth at center with Logan Brown, Colin yep. White. Uh, who else is at center? Uh, excluding the guys we already have on the team, like Duchesne, JGP, guys like that. So I see him maybe making the transition to left wing. And I'm sorry, I'm still not letting go of this whole thing that his dad is not the John Gruden. Yeah. Can't help you there. One one interesting point before we transition off. This is another guy who fell down the table. Like, he was projected by both the TSN guys to go in the, thir- to go in the third round. So Ottawa scooping him at fourth, that's value. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Let's head on to our next pick with the 126th pick in the fifth round. Angus Crookshank. He's a five, fifth, five foot ten, 181 pound left winger with a left shot. He plays for the Langley Rivermen of the BCHL. Once again, like a John Gruden over here, I really do like this last name. It's a really great broadcaster name, and the only knock on him is that once again he is a committee to the NCAA. I don't have much to say on this. I see it more as a depth pickup, and his stats didn't really stand out as he didn't dominate in the BCHL. So I'm interested in hearing your take on this young man. Uh, from what I've seen, it from what I've seen, scouts say is this is a high risk, high reward pick. All the scouts say he has phenomenal hands and a pr- pretty good hockey vision. So if he could pick up some speed and some and a bit of size, this could be the Alfie type pick. Okay. But it's again high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. If he do- if he washes out, it's a fifth round. If he doesn't, we've got a, an excellent player on our hands with a great name, like oh, Angus Crookshank. Is I would love having that name called out. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah, he just needs like a really normal first name to go with Crookshank, and he could be a toll, be one of the best hockey broadcasters we know. Oh, for sure, and. Uh, I really like this high-risk, high-reward pick in the later rounds mm-hmm. because these later-round picks don't usually pan out anyway, so you might as well go for this sort of... This guy has the chance to be a, an all-star but has these knocks again at stump. Why not take the risk? Yeah, and Ottawa's done pretty good at that when you look at guys like JGP was drafted late, Mark Stone was drafted late, Mike Hoffman, Alfie... Dezingle. Dezingle. You know, players like that, and they've really panned out for the team, so... You never know, right? This guy could be one of the next player like those names that we just mentioned. Yeah, so 
I'm quite happy with this pick too. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our next pick. Now, this is the only goalie the Senators drafted, but the 157th pick in the sixth round, Kevin Mendoza. He's a six foot four, 180 pound goalie from the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. It's a pretty freaking badass hockey team name, I gotta say. His positioning, for what I understand, is pretty good. He's an athletic guy for his size. The only knock on him is that his stats were weighed down a lot by the non-existent defense that Cape Breton had last season. Tough to, once again, it's really tough to say about this guy. Ottawa does have some depth in goal, but, you know, he could be better than some of the other guys, like a Matt O'Connor, guys like that on the team. Goalies are fucking voodoo, man. Like, CHL performance is not indicative of, like, what a goalie can actually do because those kids are, like, those goalies are just getting absolutely demolished. Yeah, especially the uh, Quebec Major Junior League where it's more of a high offense, not a ton of defense sort of league. If he had played in, say, the Western Hockey League, which the emphasis is more on tough play and positioning and defensive play, then maybe his stats would have been better. But I'm not really going to rag on him too much just because of the league that he plays in yeah and given that there's like almost no correlation between goalie perform like goalie stats and goalie performance mm-hmm. it between the chl and the nhl i'm fine like my goalie strategy would be uh, just pick a goalie up in a late round and see what happens yeah we did that with brian elliott and he made the team years later yeah yeah like goalies come from anywhere and there's no rhyme or reason for how it happens so might as well not waste your your big picks on something that's essentially a crapshoot. Like, remember how Jack Campbell was Jack Campbell was getting hyped up, and then he just kind of flopped. Yep. Yeah, it's it is what it is. Yeah, there's a reason why goalies generally don't get drafted very highly. Hmm. So let's head on to yeah. our next pick with the 188th pick in the seventh round, Yakov Novak. He's a six foot three, two hundred and one pound forward with a left shot. A uh, couple of knocks on him. He was passed over in the 2016 and 2017 drafts, and he has committed to Bentley University for next year. Yeah, I mean, there's no real information on him, and I don't really see him going anywhere, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, my notes on Novak are literally who? Yeah, that's definitely the next pick that we have too, Tim. At 194th overall in the seventh round, Luke Nohat. He's a six foot, 183 pound right winger with a right shot. The one positive I have now, did you ever watch the show Chappelle show at all? Not really, no. Hmm. That's a shame because you're definitely not going to get a reference. So there was a skit that Dave Chappelle did. It was called Charlie Murphy's E True Hollywood Story. He did one, the most famous one was the one in Rick James, but he did uh-huh. a second one on Prince. And he was talking about how. This is Charlie Murphy talking about it, how uh, he met Prince at a club and then later went on to play basketball at his house. And I just love one of the lines in it where Chappelle, as Prince, goes, why don't you purify yourself in the lakes of Lake Minnetonka? Then he shoots a three, and I was like... When I read this, I was like, oh, that's definitely going into this pick. And there is no info on this guy, so I got nothing to say on it. Yeah. Uh, My next is... Young guy, not much history either. Literally who? Mm-hmm. Weird thing about this draft. This is the second year in a row that Ottawa has not selected a player from Europe. Yeah, I remember our good friend Trevor Shackles actually tweeted that out. He says, you know, you got to feel for somebody. I think it was, was it Miku or 
Timu Rutu, who's the scout for the or European scout for the Suns? I think it's me. I, I'm not sure. I know it's Rutu. Okay. <laughs> so whoever this guy was, he says you got to feel for him, right? Like he scouts Europe year after year, and the Senators don't draft any players from there. Yeah, that's that's something. Yeah, gotta suck. But I don't know if what you're if players catch your eye, it's it is what it is, right? For sure. Like I don't think there's a racial. I don't think there's like a anti-European player bias going on here. Well, mm-hmm. there's anti-Russian, that's for sure. But Ottawa has a healthy stable of of like uh, of sweet of Swedes and even uh, players from the Czech Republic. So I don't think it's that. No, no, not at all. Yeah, do you want to talk about the just giant cornucopia of massive trades that happened all weekend? Yes, yes, we are going to talk about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break, and we will return to talk about those trades. Coming right back. Hey, this is Trevor Shackles of Cosper Pointcast. You're listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. Okay, guys, we are back here to Third Line Plug Sensecast. Now, before the break, Tim did hint that there was a flurry of trades that was made this past weekend. And because we've got some time, we're going to talk about it. So, Tim, let's talk about some trades. Yeah, so we had two major trades that went on during the draft. And it was funny because I, compared to last year, it was actually quite quiet. Uh, re- looking back to uh, draft 2017, uh, Arizona was incredibly active in, in the afternoon before the, de- sorry, before the draft. Uh, this year, quite sleepy. I feel like there's still a few, a few shoes to fall. Yeah, but I think those trades are going to be happening come July 1st, though. For sure. I guess we could start with a, not necessarily a trade at the draft, but we could start with a trade that occurred on Monday. Senator's problem child, Mike Hoffman, was dealt away to the San Jose Sharks. And let's just say the return was underwhelming. To say the least. Ottawa ended up getting Mikhail Bodker, Julius Bergman, and a six-round pick in 2020. So, shoestring and lint. While Ottawa ended up sending back Mike Hoffman, and and I believe it was a fifth. It was not the best. Didn't they trade away a defensive prospect that we got from Dion Phaneuf? Yeah. Not the best. No, but you know what? And we talked about it on Twitter, right? That we said, look, we knew the Hoffman trade had to be done. We knew we were going to get fleeced, but there's nothing we can do about this. Yeah, because, and any team that's looking to move Hoffman after that would immediately get better value because they're not under the gun. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the big thing is Ottawa's just going to keep getting low ball offers because the, like teams realize that Ottawa had to move on. Yeah. And it's funny because not even 10 minutes later, Hoffman gets sent off to Florida for a basket of trade, a basket of draft picks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was what it was, right? And the Ottawa Senators were instructed to not trade within the division. And I know a lot of people, after they learned that, were really upset that we weren't the team that got the picks for Hoffman. But you know what? Part of me is just saying, look, we at least we got a player for him. He's not Mike Hoffman talent, obviously, but he is at least a bottom six guy who could be moved to the top six. And we got 
a draft pick out of that. No, I understand. I would have been happy with three picks too, but that wasn't going to happen. Like we weren't going to be the team that was going to make that deal. Yeah. And I don't think Ottawa asked for all picks from Florida. They wouldn't have got it. They wouldn't have gotten the same bounty of picks because Ottawa was under the gun. Mm -hmm. San Jose wasn't. It's a rough trade, but the Mike Hoffman saga is over. Yeah, unfortunately. And then everything kind of gets quiet until the draft. Mm Mm-hmm. So, our next trade is a trade that people knew was coming, but I'm actually surprised how well the Washington Capitals did here. The Washington Capitals were able to trade Brooks Orpik and newly popular goalie Philip Grubauer to the Colorado Avalanche for the 47th pick in the NHL draft. Yeah, and then Colorado then turned around and bought out Brooks Orpik. Yes. This is a great salary. I'm surprised that uh, Washington was even able to dump this contract. Yeah, well, they had to do it because they recently re-signed that defenseman there. Uh, John Carlson. John Carlson, thank you. Yeah, they, they just re-signed him, I think, to a eight-year, $64 million contract or something today? Yeah, but getting out from under Orpic was just great because he was like $5 million in dead weight. Yeah. And uh, they felt like they had to trade Grubauer anyway because they didn't want a goalie controversy and they feel Brayden Holtby is going to be their guy going forward. So this is just a neat a neat little deal for this is a neat little deal for Washington. Yeah, it's it's very similar to what Montreal had to deal with back in 2010 when Yaroslav Halak came into the playoffs and he took them all the way to the conference finals. And there was a bit of debate: Do we keep Halak and trade Price? Do we keep Price and trade Halak? And then they later went with the keep Price trade Halak. And they ended up getting Lars Eller, and I think they were better for it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, this is a great little move by, great, great little move by the Washington Capitals. The last trade we really have to talk about here is the one we alluded to at the beginning of the episode. Yep. Noah Fanakin, man. Yeah. The Calgary Flames send Dougie Hamilton, uh, Ferdland, and Prospect Fox to the Carolina Hurricanes for Noah Hannafin and uh, Elias Lindholm. Yeah, this was an interesting trade because Carolina won this deal because not only did they get Hamilton for this, but they also got Furlan. So you got two guys who could immediately step into the lineup for next season. And Noah Hannafin's is a really solid defenseman. He's going to a team that was looking for a bit of a change. Yeah, and I feel, and like best player, obviously Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. Like, this guy's a stud, and he's not even in his prime. No. And this is really sad, because this is, like, the second time in his career he's already been traded out of town. Yeah, and, like, a lot of people are trying to jump some story about him having no character, but I don't see it. The first time he got traded was a Shirelli deal. Mm-hmm. So that shouldn't be held against him, and this time, I think Calgary is just itching to make a move when I don't think they had to. No, but I mean, and you would live in Calgary, so you're obviously closer to this than I am. But I feel that, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dougie Hamilton's production to his salary, I believe, wasn't that great. I I do, I am reading a lot on Twitter about that he didn't really hang around with the team. He sort of did his own thing. That, you know, the whole team would go to lunch at Moxie's. He would go to a museum. Let's I don't be honest. blame him. 
Yeah, I mean, really? Moxie's, who the fuck Moxie's. wants to go to Moxie's? Seriously, I've been to Moxie's. Their food's not that great. I don't know. I just feel like it's... I feel like it's... The team made a trade, and people want to paint it as, as if Calgary somehow won it. So you have to paint Dougie Hamilton as the villain somehow. Yeah. But his his production's phenomenal. Like, he's producing at a first-line rate with second-pairing minutes. Like, that's nuts. No, I like, really think Carolina won this, man. Like, game. this is such a great deal for them. Yeah, like, Car- at first I thought this was a fairly evil trade because Noah Hannafin's a stud and Lindholm looks like he's going to be a great player. Well, Ferdland's good for 20... 20- I think he's still good for 20 points a game. Sorry, 20 points a season, but... No, and the more I think about it, Carolina gets two great players and a great prospect. Yeah. That, like, Brad... Like, Brad Trevling kind of got bent over here. This oh, is oh absolutely. Yeah, Carolina. and I know that Carolina's looking to trade Jeff Skinner out of town, so they definitely can get some more talent and more prospects for him as well. Yeah, although... It's weird, like, every year Carolina makes, like, a bunch of great moves, and then their goalies somehow get shittier. <laughs> it's funny, I saw that uh, tweet that you favored. Yeah, like, Carolina's defense goes from, like, great in the league to absolutely phenomenal. Carolina goalie lets in a shot from outside the arena. Yeah, missed the playoffs. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is gonna be where we make the playoffs. Missed the playoffs. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah. It's like, I want Carolina to win so badly. Yeah. Like, Except they always beat us every time they play us. I know, but they've done so much to build this these very skilled teams. And then the goalies let them down in more and more creative t- ways every year. Yeah, and we talked about that on the Three Ghosts and Only Four Ghosts podcast when we were on there for episode four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't understand. I don't know. I know that I don't know if my sources were correct on that, that Noah Hannafin wanted out of town or Carolina wanted to make a deal. But you know what? Regardless, they got Dougie Hamilton, they got Furlan, and they got some really nice pieces in Carolina. If, if they can only change their goalie situation, I think they could possibly make a real serious run for the playoffs next year. Well, we say that every year. Yeah, but if they change their goalie, maybe it might happen. But they did that last year. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I think they're just cursed. Maybe. Maybe they should just bring back Peter Sidorkowitz. They seem to make the playoffs with him. Yeah. Stork or Sidork? Yup. Coming to a podcast near us. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I would like Carolina to be better. I just don't understand. I don't know. But I think Calgary's worse off for this trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, it was mostly just shuffling shuffling draft picks around. And there wasn't even a lot of that. No. Were you expecting more from this uh, draft? In, yes. As far as trades yeah, yeah, I expected some more trades. I thought for sure Carlson was going to be dealt. And that's why on Friday I was constantly refreshing my phone every hour. Like, Please don't be traded. Please don't be traded. Please don't be traded. And I was like, Eric Carlson is a member of the Ottawa Senators. Oh, thank God. Yeah, like if if he signs an extension July 1st, I will be ecstatic. 
Oh my god, it will be the best day ever. I mean, even on Friday when I came to work and there, someone's like, Hi Taylor, I'm like, this is not the time to panic! They're like, yeah. okay. Well, my work productivity was near zero on Friday. You're just I'll like, just you're just like no, I, I can't do it guys, I'm going home. I was surprised Zach Smith didn't move. Yeah, I think Zach Smith will be the guy, outside of Carlson, I would like to see Zach Smith be dealt. Not just because... I think he's a bad player. It's not that at all. It's his salary, which is okay for what he's for what kind of player he is. But I also see with the stable of young centermans we have coming up in the next couple of years that I would like to see Duchesne remain, John Gabriel Pajot remain, and we have Colin White, uh, Logan Brown, and all these guys coming up. So you know they could build a nice little center core there. Oh, for sure, and then. I'm not sure Ottawa's even decent enough on the wing right now. Losing Hoffman sucked, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think if there was a <laughs> excuse me, if there was a position Ottawa needs to get better in, it is left wing now that Mike Hoffman's gone. And I would like to see maybe somebody on the right wing come in as well. I would I mean surprisingly or maybe unsurprisingly, with Carlson not being dealt, Bobby Ryan is still with us, too. Yeah. Although I feel like if Bobby Ryan could just keep his hand in one piece, he'll be effective. Like, every time he got close to going, he just got injured again. And it was really frustrating. Yeah, but, I mean, that was the whole Senators team last year. It was just, oh, look, they might be getting it going. No. But, like, Bobby Ryan especially, you could see, like, he was heating up. Like, things are feeling good. Hand broken again. Hand broken again. Hand broken again. I know. At what point does the team just rebuild him like Robocop? Oh, I don't know. Or send him to Robota Island. Yeah, that's a good point. Although, do you think Melnick would actually do that, though? With his money woes? Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't... I wonder if he can even survive next season. I don't think he does. I think maybe this is the end of the line for Melnick, and either Melnick is going to sell the team, or the NHL forces them to do it. Yeah, because like this situation's untenable. Yeah, I just like hope that whatever whatever ownership group buys the team, Alfredson comes on as a minority owner, and you can use him as a fan ambassador too, because there is nobody more beloved in Ottawa than Daniel Alfredson. Oh, for sure. Although, Carlson's coming close. That is true. I mean, you know, he and Eric, he and Brian Fiverr 6 are buddies. Yep. At yeah, least in it's... the mind of Brian Fiverr 6, but, you know, they're still buddies regardless. Mm-hmm. Well, Carlson did thank uh, our rumor-breaking restaurant, the Wellington Diner, for allowing Brian to eat there. Yeah, I know. That was so great. I was just like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, unless there's anything more you want to talk about before we head into our close. Not really. Okay. First of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoyed it, because believe me, Tim and I loved recording it for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Third Line Plug Sensecast. Because our bod Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter at Third Line Plug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M91 Honey Badger and I'm at Great White Gipster, G R 8 W Y T E Gipster. 
And if you want to shoot us the email to talk about the 2018 NHL Entry Draft, you can shoot us an email at thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. Actually, there's one th- more thing I want to talk about before we've officially closed it out for another night. Uh-huh. And it's something that I can't believe that you or myself did not bring up at all in this episode. What is it? The Beer League Talk article that we contributed to. I just let that one go quietly into a good night. But, Tim, like, it's important because we actually did it. Yeah. It was... God, did I eat crow? You eat crow? I'm the one that picked Noah Dobson. I was like, eh, he doesn't like Kachuk. He'll trade down. Darr. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm still very proud that we got asked to do that, though. Yeah. Although, how great do you think it is that the Islanders drafted both Wallstrom and Dobson 11 and 12th overall? That actually is pretty good. Yeah. I'm surprised Wallstrom fell so far. Yeah, me too, actually. Like, I'm, I'm, that first round was kind of odd. Like, Zadina fell a lot further than he should. Wallstrom fell. Like, well, Detroit lucked out, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think the Islanders have a few studs ready to go in a few seasons. Yeah. And that's to, that's also including the studs they have on the team right now, like Matt Barzell, Tavares, Dahan, guys like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting team. But, yeah, definitely shout out to our buds at Beer League Talk for letting us take part in it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get Nick on the show to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Until next time, guys, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this is Tim Jensen. Go Sens, guys. My time here is up. They're going home!